Welcome, friend. This is I Need Thee Every Hour, a podcast dedicated to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You are listening to your ministering sister, Casey Mills. Hello, I am back. I've been on a little hiatus, but I'm back and ready to get back into the swing of things. Um, I meant to take a little break to be able to go on a very special um, vacation, um, but I <clears throat> I felt that the devil was trying to um, affect me to essentially ruin this uh, vacation that I was very much looking forward to going on, but also to potentially ruin it for my uh, sweet husband, who was very, <clears throat> very much looking for, very much looking forward to going on this vacation, and um, and so you know, I'm I'm not proud of myself to be able to to have to say that the devil was affecting me, and and uh, the uh, imps, as it were, were uh, <clears throat> getting through, finding a way to get through, to bring me down, and um, it was causing me to be. Uh, more uh, negative toward my husband and my children um, to kind of um, be, I guess I should say, more reactive rather than proactive. Um, I feel like the the spirit, the Holy Spirit tends to help me to manage things better, especially things that are upsetting, that would normally be upsetting to me, helps me to, you know, kind of process things better. Um, But I just was not, yeah, that that wasn't happening and I was not feeling the Holy Spirit and I therefore was not feeling inspired in any way in regards to this podcast. So, um, yeah, I, I had nothing. I was like, I don't know what to say or what to talk about. I'm just, I just was full of negative thoughts that were pulling me down, um, into a depressive state. And, um, yeah, it was hard. It was hard to get out of it, but through, through help and prayer and especially, um, the help and prayer of, uh, my husband and my, my, um, sisters, um, I was able to kind of eventually get a bird's eye view and see what was going on and that there was, that it really was not anything that was a true, I was believing there was true discord between uh, me and my husband. I was believing that, that the issues at hand were much more serious than they were. You know, obviously the adversary has a special way of making things seem worse, of making the the past rear its ugly head. Um, and I'm not saying that it's all the adversary. I, I know that I have the tendency. I, I made a joke this morning and my husband laughed. I'm, I'm sure he was trying to keep from laughing too hard because he was <laughs> afraid to piss me off again. But <laughs> but I was totally owning it. I was like, yep, I have a color-coded, alphabetized, um, pristine condition uh catalog of everything that anyone has ever done to me, any wrong that's ever been done to me in the past. And uh, yeah, I can go back and find any little thing that supports whatever it is that I want to believe in regards to anything that's happening now. And um, yeah, it's not fun. I will say that. In my mind, I'm protecting myself. In my mind, I'm 
I'm keeping this catalog because it helps for future reference or it helps for trying to, because I, I forget, I get, I, I think it's Dr. Phil that says um, uh, past behavior is a, is a good indicator of future behavior. <clears throat> and while I do think there is some truth to that, I also was trying to make it a point to my youngest daughter that if you can't move on from things, if you can't let things go that other people do, then why why should they do that same thing for you? Do you not need that same grace from others? Well, yes, of course. And even more so, we all need that same grace. We all absolutely rely on that same grace from our Lord and Savior and our Father in Heaven um, in order to be able to progress, in order to have any kind of hope of ever returning to Him because we are so imperfect in our our deeds and and we are imperfect in our thoughts. I, you know, I was saying the other day that I'm trying so hard to control. I've been trying so hard to control my tongue, um, but I... I need to do better at controlling my thoughts um, because I know that I can think very cutting things even if I don't say them out loud, um, but I also know that thoughts are very powerful and I would challenge anyone to um, test if that is true. If you think that there is no power in your thoughts, then you are so very wrong. Um, you thoughts are energy. Everything is energy. And when you have any kind of negativity behind anything that you say, do, think, intend, intend, whatever the case may be, it, it, that's what you're putting out there. And that's what's going to come back to you as well. So even if you don't care about what the negativity is doing to others around you, uh, maybe you can start by caring about what that negativity is doing to you. And how that might be affecting you, even if you think things are going well or going right, maybe they're not. Maybe they're not going as well as you think that they are, or as certainly not as well as they could be. Um, I had an opportunity to listen to a uh, Glenn Beck speech. I wish I could have listened to it in person. That would have been something. Um, but it had been uh, recorded and uh, it was obviously a live speech, but it had been recorded and, and um, produced on their uh, Blaze TV, uh, the, the um, television um, program that he does. Um, and he has lots of different uh, people and things that uh, perform on there, but obviously Glenn Beck is the main one that does it. And um, he's, he's pretty awesome. I, I love listening to his shows. Um, and he knows he knows his history. And um, w one of the things in this uh, speech that I was listening to, I didn't get to listen to the whole thing um, because it was 45 minutes long. But what I heard of it was pretty awesome. And one of the things that stood out to me was that he talked about how he felt that his position in in entertainment and in our country, as far as who he is, what he's known for, what he does for his business, all of that in, in his position, he felt was a calling from the Lord. And he taught, he, he's extremely candid about his alcoholism and how he had completely screwed up his life and had what he thought he had screwed up uh, also was his career as a, as a uh, talk show um, host, a personality person. And, um, and by the grace of God, he was able to clean his life up and then get 
<coughs> excuse me, and then get started um, doing what he does and what he's been doing for the past, I think he said 30 years. Anyway, and he said that he, everything turned around for him, like did a complete 180 when he gave his life over to the Lord. He said he had gotten baptized and accepted Christ. And and more than that, he he expressed to the Lord that he was turning his life over to him. And almost instantly, I mean, I think he said it was even the very next day that he received an amazing offer to from a uh, a agent. He needed an agent, a good agent, and and then he got a job offer, an actual job offer through this agent. And it all happened really fast. And as we know that these kinds of things don't always work out that way. Sometimes you go through some more suffering um, before things can start to improve. Sometimes we're tested when we decide to uh, turn our lives over to the Lord and, and, make, and make a drastic change in our lives um, in order to follow the Lord. You know, obviously we know that when Christ lived on the earth, he, he made some pretty bold declarations and and some of which were to his uh, disciples where he's saying, put it down, put down whatever you're doing, lay down your nets, whatever it is that you're doing and, you know, come follow me. And I believe wholeheartedly that each of us have to do that in some form or another. I think for some of us, it seems quite extreme what these men had to do back in Christ's time. But I don't think, I, I think that they would look at us in, in our day and view us in a similar fashion and say, wow, you you had to completely change everything that you had planned for your life. You laid down this or that. You did, you were doing X, Y, or Z, and you had to give that up in order to be a disciple for Christ and do what it was that he was wanting you to do. So I I don't think that it's helpful to minimize your life and your worth and your abilities and um and and most of all who you can be in the cause of truth. And that was a big part of what uh Glenn Beck was expressing was that he was feeling like who am I? <laughs> He's, he quoted, um, oh shoot, now I can't remember where it was, something about the, the foolish doth confound the wise. And he was talking about himself. He's like, no one's a bigger fool than me. <laughs> and yeah, he feels like through the Lord, he's been able to accomplish some great things. And um, and he wants to continue doing that. And he expressed that he feels like his calling uh, was to be a voice of warning. But that in just the past few weeks, he felt like his calling has now changed. That the Lord, he wrestled with the Lord over a two-week period um, over what the Lord is expecting of him now. And now he feels like he's supposed to give a message of hope um, instead of a voice of warning. He's supposed to be a, a voice of hope now. Um, he said he just doesn't, he doesn't have all of the answers, but he's always been someone who would seek them out. And, and he said he would always be honest with everything. Um, and I just, I thought it was so cool. And um, one of the other things that stood out to me was that he expressed that he goes, sometimes it's hard to know if the Lord is calling you for something. Um, he said, but I can say a pretty, you know, he's so funny, right? So I'm not, I'm, I'm hopefully I don't butcher this, but he said, you, you, 
you can pretty much assume that it's not the Lord calling you to go on vacation. He doesn't call you to nice, comfortable, pretty things, <laughs> he said. He calls you, usually you know it's a calling of the Lord if you're like, really? <laughs> Do I have to? Are you sure I'm the right person for this? And I just, um, my husband and I looked at each other and laughed, you know, at that part and, and, and a couple other parts because he was saying that it made him think of how I felt about doing this podcast. I was just like, who am I? I just don't, I don't know that I have anything of value to share. Yeah, I mean, I know I have things that are of value to myself, um, but I, I guess I, I guess, you know, like I've said before many, many times when other people, seemingly everyday people share things um, and share it with a sincere heart, it, it penetrates. I know that it penetrates me. And, um, and I just felt like, well, all right, if this is what the Lord's calling me to do, I'll do it for however long he wants me to do it. I'll do it in whatever way he wants me to do it. I'll be as candid as he wants me to be because of, even if it's just one person that gets reached and feels of, feels of our Savior's love for them. And maybe through me following my promptings and, 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 um, taking up the call that I feel like I have been um, called to, maybe it will cause at least one other person to do what it is that they're feeling like they're called to do. And then that would be worth it. And that would make me feel like the Lord didn't waste his uh, time and energy on me. Um, I have been having uh, <clears throat> struggles with my uh, some of my teenagers um, with their uh, electronic use. I've been dealing with, I, I've had it on my mind here for a while that I wanted to do um, a podcast episode talking about um, my feelings about uh, social media. And it's been kind of interesting because it's been in my mind, it's been circling around in my mind. And then when I was on this vacation with my family, um, I had um, an evening where I got super fed up with my teenagers because they were holed up in their rooms instead of uh, coming out and actually being a part of everything and the festivities and stuff. And it and it really, really made me very angry. And so I took all of their electronics for the rest of the night and didn't give them back until the next morning. And I'll be honest, I was going to keep them till the end of um, this century. But I felt the Lord soften me about it and helped me to realize that if this truly is something that, that is an addiction, then I need to be extremely careful how I handle um, weaning them off of it, how I manage um, helping them to use electronics wisely and not in a way that is harmful to them. Uh, I know I've made some poor choices in, uh, in what I've allowed and when I've allowed it, at what age I've allowed it. I've, I've done some things that I swore I wouldn't do, and now I'm kind of having to um, backtrack a bit. And so I expressed, uh, I had expressed to one of my sisters that I 
part of why I am so angry about some of this stuff is because I'm mostly angry at myself. And that was a hard thing to come to grips with. And I did kind of an ugly cry admitting that to her. I said, I really am mostly mad at myself. And that, and what do you do with that, you know? But it was helpful for me to then be honest with my children, to apologize for overreacting to them and to say, you know, here's where I was coming from. I didn't handle this right. And I'm not saying that you guys, you know, didn't, weren't being dumb too. But, but the fact is, I know that I approached you in the wrong way. And I know that I handled this poorly because I was upset. And um, that was inappropriate. And it kind of uh, made for a, a not so great mood um, the rest of that night. And so I, unfortunately, unfortunately for that, um, or well, I guess I I shouldn't say that I should say, fortunately, um, I was able to kind of turn things around the next morning. And then we ended up having a, a really great day that next day. Um, and so it ended up being okay. Um, but I, you know, I just, I, I, I gleaned some more from that experience. And so I have a bit to say about, specifically about uh, social media, which can, I mean, even just electronics themselves, um, you know, so, so the spirit will impress upon you whatever it's supposed to mean for you. Obviously, I'm supposed to be talking about this. So the spirit's going to tell you what you need to gain from this. When I hear social media, I think of like Facebook and Instagram, but I think social media can also fall under or can be an umbrella over, um, you know, even news media. And, um, you know, it can be really, I would say it's, it's anything that's a distraction. It's anything that is um, something that could potentially um, harm our spirits. Sometimes I think even just looking at the phone period is it feels like it's a bit of a gateway. And so I, I, you know, I was talking with one of my sisters about this very thing that um, I said, I'm, here I am. Like I, I'm, I'm, you know, just the, for the same reason why I'm like getting on my kids about being on, on their phones too much. But I'm like, but am I doing the same thing? I think I am. You know, it's like, and I'm, I'm telling her, I'm trying to not be on my phone so much. And yet it tells me, right, you, you know, that like, I think everybody has this on their phone where it says you averaged five hours and 45 minutes a day last week or whatever it was. And I'm just like, what? What? I didn't feel like I was hardly on it at all. Like, what the heck, you know? And, and I do know, though, it's like anything you do on your phone. So, so I like to listen to podcasts while I'm doing dishes and stuff. Well, if I do that for an hour, hour and a half while I'm doing dishes and laundry and, and things like that, riding in the car and stuff, that adds up. So I'm like trying to justify. I'm trying to make myself feel a little better. Like maybe I'm not staring at my screen as much as this is telling me that I am. But, you know, but it just, but it's like, am I, am I making justifications or am, am I really okay? Like, what's the Lord trying to tell me here? And I do feel this major impression about what needs to happen with my kids. And I've really debated and wrestled about whether or not to allow them to continue having smartphones, if I ought to get them dumb phones, if they even need to have phones at all. I've just been really wrestling with this because we live in a day and age where it is 
the phone is life. And especially my my oldest, um, he's 16 now. I would like him to get out and start, you know, finding a job. And he kind of seems to be fighting me on that a little. Not fighting me. I shouldn't say that. But anytime I make reference to, oh, well, you could get a job there. That place could be a fun a fun job to do, even temporarily, blah, blah, blah. And he's kind of like, eh. So I'm just like, okay, what, what's going on? Because I was I was itching to get out and work when I was his age. I couldn't wait to be my own person and make my own money. And anyway, I was babysitting even long before that. And my oldest daughter is similar. Like she wants to get out there and, and be making money and stuff. She's she's not yet 15. But anyway, so I'm just like, they need phones, you know, for when they're working and, and you know, and they're out with friends and stuff. Um, but do they need smartphones? Do they need to be able to have all of the apps on their phones? No. You know, so it's like I'm trying to say, and I know that there's a lot of companies out there and we've done a lot of research and we, um, you know, we know that something needs to happen. We know that we need to take some action, um, but we haven't felt totally clear on what we needed to do just yet. But I think I have a pretty good idea now of what I need to do. Um, There's still going to be some things I'm going to have to figure out along the way, but I know that me coming down with an iron fist is not the way to do it. And that definitely makes the kids... Uh, feel like I'm I'm the devil um, itself and so I, I know that things go better when I can just sit my kids down calmly and explain to them and say here's what's happening and here's what I'm thinking and you know you may disagree with me but here's my logic behind it and here's what we're gonna do and so one of the other things that came up for me this morning I I have been thinking for a while that I needed to um, switch up uh, the the bedroom roommate situation amongst my daughters and I finally got a clear clear message on you on who needs to be where and I I mentioned it to my youngest daughter this morning and she was like well I think some people are gonna be not you know not too happy with you and I just said I know I know it I know it but I just said but something's got to give because it's not working people are not doing as well And maybe they were doing okay, and now they're not. And so, and I said, or maybe things really weren't going as well as we all thought that they were. It was just comfortable. And so I was just thinking again about how um, Glenn Beck was reiterating that same same idea that the Lord calls you to something. It's it's rarely. I don't know if there's anyone out there that would say, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, great. This is what I've always dreamed of doing my whole life. No, usually it's something where you're like, really? I just don't know if I can do that. That sounds awful. Someone's gonna be mad at me. I'm gonna blah, blah, blah. anyway. So I just said, I just I can't. I can't. I can't afford to shy away from things now. I'm 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 in this situation. I I am. I'm the mom. I have to do what's best, even if my kids are mad at me. It, I just, I suddenly had this realization that I think why it's been so draining for me, though, is because, you know, you picture if people are speaking negatively about you or thinking negatively about you and how it affects you. And so for me, because there are so many people in my home, it really adds up. And so I'm, I feel like a lot of times I'm just trying to avoid negativity fights contention I'm trying to do my best to you know keep all that stuff at bay just because even two people in the home it even two people in the home contending it just affects everybody and then that's 
you know, when my stepdaughter is with us, that's 11 people being affected by it and potentially reacting to it. And it just, it's, it compounds if you can believe it, if you can imagine it. (laughs) Anyway, some days it feels like an absolute losing battle. I'll be honest. Um, But I know the Lord is helping us and blessing us. I know that we will get through this. I just keep telling myself every day, the Lord would not have told me to have all these kids would not have told me to be in this situation. And, and all of, all of this, if, if he wasn't going to help me, if I couldn't do this and, um, and help my kids to, you know, be successful in life. And anyway, um, one thing that I wanted to, um, share was something that I thought of, uh, was this, uh, former, excuse me, not former, I'm not sure what I'm thinking here. It was a, a previous, I guess I should say, um, talk that was given by uh, the prophet of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, President Russell M. Nelson. He gave a talk in October of 2018 entitled Sisters' Participation in the Gathering of Israel. And I read through some of it again, and I remembered what a cool talk it was. And one of the things that I wanted to read that I, that he said that really stood out to me excuse me, was that he said, men can and often do communicate the love of Heavenly Father and the Savior to others, but women have a special gift for it, a divine endowment. You have the capacity to sense what someone needs and when he or she needs it. You can reach out, comfort, teach, and strengthen someone in his or her very moment of need. Women see things differently than men do, and oh, how we need your perspective. Your nature leads you to think of others first, to consider the effect that any course of action will have on others. I just thought that was such a a powerful proclamation of the beauty and spirituality of women and it just reiterated to me again why why there is why there is this difference why there needs to be men and women why we each have our own place and why it's being why women specifically right now are being attacked so much women and womanhood and the motherhood and potential for motherhood is absolutely under attack right now um, but what I wanted to get to was this part where um, the prophet um, was issuing a challenge to the women, and he also had subsequently challenged the teenagers to the youth of the church, but he, um, why am I not finding it now? Oh, here it is. He says, I invite you to participate in a 10-day fast from social media and from any other media that bring negative and impure thoughts to your mind. Pray to know which influences to remove during your fast. The effect of your 10-day fast may surprise you. What do you notice after taking a break from perspectives of the world that have been wounding your spirit? Is there a change in where you now want to spend your time and energy? Have any of your priorities shifted, even just a little? I urge you to record and follow through with each impression. 
And he goes on to invite, because this was in October, he, he went on to invite uh, the women to read through the Book of Mormon um, by the end of the year. And I've done that. I've issued, I've, excuse me, issued. I've uh, taken that challenge, taken on that challenge more than once. And it's been quite eye-opening for me when I've done it. Obviously, I've read through the Book of Mormon more than once, but there's something about doing it in that um, period of time when the prophet um, encourages you or challenges you to read the Book of Mormon in, in that uh, brief period of time that you see things and are um, and and, and uh, glean things that you I'm confident that you would not otherwise. And uh, in that and it's been it's given me quite a strong testimony of the Book of Mormon also. But but to come back to the social media fast, I remember doing this fast and I was shocked at how hard it was to do it. I don't, I realize that sounds so stupid, right? But it was, I remember that it was hard to do it, but I wanted to do it. I wanted to take the challenge because I was like, what's well, 10 days, right? But it was like social media. That was my connection to everyone, blah, blah, blah. I had little kids you know, whatever, right? But after it was over, I, I remember feeling so much better. I remember feeling lighter. I remember realizing just how important these non-important things were to me. That I was valuing seeing things that were doing nothing for me. And in fact, quite the opposite. I was seeing how things were affecting me negatively that I had not anticipated. And I am almost out of time, so I don't, there's a, maybe I'll do a part two on this because there was a, there's a lot more I could say about this idea of social media and what, and my personal opinion about it and how it has affected me and how, how I have, well, I won't say too much. I'll, I'll go ahead and record a part two so that I can explain a bit better, get into more depth of how I view media and what my perspective is on it now and how I manage it now versus how I used to and, and in a way that I think, I really think others would benefit from it as well. I'm not, I can only speak for myself and I'm not going to tell others what to do or how they should manage it. I can only share my own experiences and say, hey, if you think this would work for you then then try it i i definitely challenge you to try it even just doing a fast from it i i think is you know like 10 days what's 10 days right that's that's nothing really it doesn't feel like nothing in the moment i'll tell you that much but you definitely gain something from it, especially when you're doing it willingly right you're you're fasting from it um with a willing spirit and an open heart to what the Lord can uh, share with you about it. So, all right, well, I will end for today. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for sticking with me. Um, until next time, God bless you and have a wonderful, blessed day.